What up, guys and girls? It is Bobby. And Sean! We're back. Volume 4. I think... Although, four, 4 or 5. Yeah, I think it's 4. We're but, uh, back. I'll, volume actually, 2, 2021. Overall, cumulative. Volume 4. Yeah, but I'll probably call it like an actual title this time. Okay. <laughs> um. Anyways, we are here. We're sponsored by a pair... Uh, 10,000. Use the code Chronos for 15 for 50% off. I um, have got more of their gear. I'm wearing the hoodie right now. I'm wearing the shorts. Uh, love all the gear that I've gotten so far. Although I have noticed, so I bought a pair of the uh, session shorts, which are five inch shorts, and they are much too small for my thighs. And that is slightly disheartening. Are you, uh, how are you feeling on the waist? Are they tight on the waist or is it just your quads? Because it's just the quads for me. The waist well, you've is got, fine. You're jacked quads, so. Yeah, it was like uh, my the five inch session shorts were like when I was squatting would become like a thong essentially. Not it looks hot. It looked hot. Not comfortable. <laughs> if you're very like very me and don't have uh, you know jacked legs, um, much like an Arnold Schwarzenegger or a Dr. Bobby Zhang, then they're very good. Uh, so maybe that's why they're designed so they're a little bit more tighter fitting, so it doesn't really highlight if you have chicken legs. That might be, at least for those shorts. The other shorts, I'm fine. Like, the 7-inch and seam shorts all fit well for me. It's just, like, the 5-inch ones are just way too tight for me. Way too, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you've got to wrap it around your leg like a python, it probably also doesn't help your case either. Yeah. But otherwise, uh, now I know I can't wear the 5-inch shorts. I have to wear the 7-inch shorts. Are you a size large? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, send those back to me. I'll uh, I'll wear them. Maybe I will send them. I, I wrote them to see if they would replace them or exchange them, but uh, I've not heard back yet, unfortunately. So we'll see. Hmm. Well, so while we're on it, uh, fitness. How is your fitness going? Uh, what are your current fitness goals? I'm still super jealous of your gym. Uh, nothing crazy right now on the um, on the program for fitness wise. I'm just trying to maintain what I got. Uh, I have been doing a lot more cardio, so. I got the Concept 2 Biker, which I'm a huge fan of. And then I've been doing uh, Peloton classes on my phone because it's like 10. I don't know how, like, I'm not, you know, like a, you know, like a marketing genius, but the app only costs 10 bucks. But if you have the bike to pay for the service, it costs like 30 bucks a month, which doesn't quite make sense to me. No. But I'm also not complaining about it. My um, sister so a has a spin bike and just got the, the app and yeah. it's the exact same thing. Oh, yeah, it's the exact same thing. The only thing is you can't do is you can't leaderboard, obviously, with, like, a third party with a different bike. But I Who mean, the I fuck really... cares about leaderboarding <laughs> on a Peloton? <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I've been doing a lot more Peloton riding, um, which I enjoy. Um, it's interesting because, like, when I first started doing them, uh, my power output for, like, an hour, I'd average, like, 160, 170 watts. But now, like, two months later, I'm averaging, like, 200 to 210 watts for an hour. That's great. Um, so it's very interesting how drastically I'm improving, but I, I imagine it'll probably level off pretty soon. Yeah. I, I think that's a big thing when you bike more regularly. But small things make a huge difference. I, I've seen a bunch of the bikes that people ride for the Peloton itself, and you're you're sitting completely upright on a lot of these because you, you can't, I don't think, really fit them to your size. And if you're a bigger guy, then you definitely don't fit on the Peloton like – 
on my bike, uh, I just got a new saddle and I shortened my stem just to make it a little bit better for my reach, um, which has had a huge, you know, makes a huge difference for endurance rides and, and output in general because it's I'm saving so much energy on my lower back now um, that I'm not worried about that strain. But what's your favorite catchphrase that you've heard an instructor use? Like, rise up, Peloton, or, you know, sweat equity in the bank. Tomorrow's investment is you. Uh, rise up is a good one that's pretty common. Um, what is it? There's like, I don't know. I have a couple of, like, uh, of these instructors that I like listening to, uh, mostly because they're dudes, and I find the guys have a much more, I guess, like, chiller approach to their classes because they're not like, you can do it, you know. All, all the chicks are like, y- you're so strong. You're so full of grace. You can do anything you want to. You're a strong, independent woman. I'm like, th- it does absolutely nothing for me. Um, so, like, I just do stick with the, the guys. And then, you know, it's not, I just need someone telling me, like, when to, like, pump up the tempo or like you know rise up out like and like and like sprint that's yeah. essentially all i need i need someone like shouting like encouragement at me you need dwight um, troop telling you that someone's about to murder you and you have to make a jump and you better start biking faster oh yeah yeah, yeah exactly what you're I, dead you're dead you're dead. <laughs> you didn't make the jump the <laughs> i i watched the commercials for peloton and i've been to like a soul cycle class once so anecdotally i'm an expert when it comes to this topic um, but it seems to me that a bunch of the women instructors, one, if you haven't seen the SNL sketches where they make fun of Peloton soul cycle instructors, you need to watch it. But it sounds like all the women have smokers throat. Like they sound like Jillian Michaels or like a female radio host who's just gotten really nasally. Like they, they don't, they all sound the same. Like every single one of the women instructors I've ever heard sounds identical to one another. I can't differentiate their voices. Maybe I don't know. I don't like. I said I don't really ride with any of the female instructors. It's all well, you're I sexist. Use, I can't believe yeah. that. I know I'm super sexist. You 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 don't want to look at a woman biking for forty five minutes. What is wrong with you? Well, I typically don't even look at the screen or look at the TV when I'm riding. I just like look at my output and like watch my output and then like look outside and like you know listen to the music or you know I don't even like watch them. So like it really does not do anything for me like watching if they're like attractive or not or if they're like female is super attractive it does nothing for me. I can't believe you don't have either your garage open or you haven't set this up on a second floor window so everyone passing on the street can see you. I, I've said this before in a previous pod. If you walk down Columbus Avenue on the Upper West Side or you go to the like Upper East Side um, on Park or Madison, every single window seems to have like a Peloton, and it's not like. The Peloton is facing the window like a normal person maybe would position that bike. It's like it's perpendicular or parallel, I guess, so that people can see your entire frame, you know, in the bike. Oh, that's definitely a Peloton. That's just not a normal stationary. It's like a very bougie scene here in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I just don't uh, I like you see a new one being rolled in from peloton soul cycle uh there's another company that makes them now but like every single day you see delivery people just rolling them in you could have bought a real bike for that money yeah i know um so we do have the concept of biker which is still relatively expensive um but it is i think much more um i guess applicable for crossfit um, so I still use it with a good cross workouts too. And then yeah, I just no, been kind great. of uh, lifting, doing three or four times a week, lifting, doing CrossFit stuff. 
Um, I'm trying to reteach myself how to squat. Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe like during residency, I haven't put as much effort into like my mobility or something with my squat technique. But like for the last like couple months, I've just been like really painful and difficult squatting. And I'm not, so I'm trying to like, so I'm starting to wear like chucks slash barefoot squat and trying oh, to like nice. teach myself. Yeah. Trying to like go back to the basics and trying to reteach up. Cause I feel like, uh, with my lifters, maybe I became too dependent on my lifters and then like something altered my body, my like mechanics where now it's like extremely uncomfortable when I squatted and then I was just like, just gutting through it. And, um, eventually like my, everything just started hurting and I just became, uh, very unenthused by squatting. So I'm just trying to reteach myself how to squat at this point. That's called age, Bobby. I now enjoy the Kirkland variety of, uh, multivitamins every day as well as joint supplements. So, uh, welcome to this part of your life. It's awful. My life is over. Yeah. And also like with work, it's just like, uh, it doesn't make much sense for me to destroy my body during the week because I'm only sleeping like five, six hours a night. Uh, cause I wake up at like four o'clock in the morning. It's like not really, um, you know, conducive to recovery and maximizing my recovery. Sorry. Someone's at the door. But yeah. Otherwise, I've uh, expanded my garage gym. Um, my The full garage, I, I built a shed a couple weeks ago, emptied out the gym, and now the full garage is now a gym. Um, so a lot more room for activities, and you know, now you can have multiple people in there working out. So I'm kind of debating whether or not if I, if I want to invite random people over to come work out or just kind of stick with uh, Christina and I. But I can definitely get like a couple people over now and have like an actual workout room. Or, yeah, we can or, go. Have room for working out. Go like spray paint some distances on the street, or use chalk. Oh yeah, I'm sure my neighbors would love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be great, man. Um, have you watched any? I I know everyone's waiting to hear the actual topic of this podcast, but I'm gonna drag it on. Has anyone or have you seen any new movies lately or shows that you're like? Uh. Not so. I've, Cobra Kai season three came out. I'm almost done watching that, but I know how you you don't really not a huge fan of it. I enjoy it. I think it's kind of fun to watch. Um, it's like lighthearted, not super serious, kind of like nostalgic. Um, Christine and I have been watching like some movies at night. The last couple, we went to like all the new James Bond with Daniel Craig. Oh, great! Great movies. Although Quantum of Solace trash, the rest of them are awesome. Yeah, I I was really shocked. Quantum of Solace was my least favorite. Um, I thought Casino Royale would have been my least favorite, but I we just rewatched that and it's it's phenomenal. Yeah, Casino Royale is awesome. Uh, yeah. if, for for like the Daniel Craig series of James Bonds, I'd put Casino Royale at the top, then Skyfall, Spectre, and then Quantum of Solace. Those are my four. Yeah, I think I would go like Spectre, Casino Royale, Skyfall, Quantum of Solace. I don't know. Spectre was, was like good, but sometimes though, like I did not. There are some parts where I like did not really understand the point of some of the scenes. It's a it's a bit lengthy uh, of a movie. Um, Skyfall was sh- one of those weird ones too. I thought was too much of a of a leap. I thought Spectre a little bit more of a leap because it was just like it seemed very uh, hard to believe that like thirty years later that they would go to this hotel and find this fucking secret room there. Oh yeah. Like and no one's like, ever done any kind of, you know, gutting of their hotels in the last, I mean, but it was, I mean, it was abroad. I, you know, it's 
sure. whatever that well, works for the plot. I think what was I can't believe that was what you were gonna jump with with not what, being believable. What was that? And the fact that he just shows up in the desert with what's her face, and they're just like, "Oh, somebody will come pick us up." Like I, this is what we're supposed. Oh to Oh my be. god, you're still on plot details that I would. My bigger issue is the fact that beyond all of that, every single bad guy seemed to in the previous movies it was you know um, was it Mr. White was like the main bad guy above Lashif. And then Quantum of Solace, it was Mr. Green or that random dude that was in charge somehow. And then Skyfall, it was like another agent. But like all of a sudden, Inspector, it was like Hydra. It was all of us. Like I I was, you know, orchestrating all of that. That was like that seemed like a really lazy writing prop to bring it under one big bad guy. But that's how it is in the James Bond universe. Spectre is like this. I know. I just thought it was really. I thought it, there weren't there weren't enough signals to show that Spectre was around in the previous yeah, James I Bonds. Think so. Okay. Well, you thought that it was weird that they didn't get picked up in the desert, and now we're talking, you know, major themes here. So but I'm like, glad you picked that one up, but not the the small details of a desert ride. <laughs> But but I love like the whole like this is like the James Bond prequel to all the old James Bonds. Yes, like, absolutely. This, yeah, so like, um, how this sets up Spectre, how he sets up him retiring, and then this sets up like the next you know series of James Bond. I don't know. I I enjoyed Spectre, but I think Skyfall is my favorite because uh, Javier Bardem. We also watched No Country for Old Men the other night too. Another just, great yeah. Javier Bardem movie. Love it. Yeah. Um. So I've been like showing Christina random movies that she's never seen before that are like on streaming services that I'm just like, this is a good movie. We should watch this. Yeah. Well, if you have HBO max, uh, we've already talked about it. Don't watch wonder woman 84. It's straight garbage. Um, if you have Disney plus don't watch, uh, Mulan Jedi returns. Um, if you have HBO max, don't watch the movie Emma. So if you got caught up watching queen's gambit with your parents over the last three months, the main chick that plays Emma with like the big eyes, she stars, or excuse me, in the Queen's Gambit, she stars in this movie called Emma. It's a Jane Austen adaptation. It's supposed to be like a rom com or something. I was actively cheering against her character the whole movie. Like, I hope you end up an old maid alone, without friends, without love. You are a terrible person. And like the whole story is built her. I mean, she's just a mean person, a, like a snooty bratty girl and like you're supposed to feel any sort of empathy for her. I it, it blew my mind awful movie don't watch um other movie we watched the other night was Grand Torino and I don't like that you don't like it I'm not a fan of, fan of uh, Clint Eastwood really I enjoy yeah. I enjoy Grand Torino it's like like low-key wholesome and then like overtly racist which I think is funny I, I didn't like it because I don't know I I don't I don't get off on this idea that uh, Clint Eastwood's like a badass dude he just he comes across on his film but it also appears to translate to this real world persona that he's developed because he played all the Dirty Harrys and all these spaghetti westerns that he was in that he's just this grisly hard dude I I don't like it I think. Where Eagles Dare is probably my favorite Clint Eastwood movie, and that's probably it. After that, I don't, I'm not a fan. But that, 
that was a World War II movie with, uh, oh, this really famous British actor. Now I can't remember um, his name, but he was like a, a big Broadway guy too. That was that was a good movie back in the 60s. Yeah, so like uh, you're going to be like the future Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> How dare already you? are. I already no. see you doing that. <laughs> seeing like, when you see like boomers. Or oh, like yeah. when you see like millennials. You're like, okay, yeah. Uh, so not racist, but just absolutely shitting on younger people though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm fine with that, that then. You're yeah, I'll be that. fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> and then like the, oh, but he's like racist, but not racist. It's fun. I don't know. I enjoy it. I, uh, I started watching Avenue 5 on HBO. Um it's hilarious, uh, phenomenal show. It, it's like uh, these people are stuck on a spaceship way in the future, and they're like, something happens, and their trajectory's all wrong. Um, that's a phenomenal show. And then I've started rewatching Lily Hammer on Netflix, I don't which know is. Steve Van Zant, uh, he's Bruce Springsteen's guitarist. He's been in Sopranos a mm-hmm. bunch, is like a repeated yeah, yeah. character, but. He plays a gangster that goes into witness protection in Lillehammer, Norway, uh, and restarts the whole like mafia ring there with a bunch of really inept Norwegians, um, and it's just funny. It's clever. Hmm. Interesting. Because I do yeah. love. Uh, I'm a huge Sopranos fan. So Steve Van Zandt, great character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do enjoy that. Maybe I'll, I'll check that out next. Well, now that we've teed it up a bunch, uh, right on the Capitol. How about that? <laughs> Yeah, interesting. Interesting times. So, how do you feel about the United States Capitol being breached by, people are calling them peaceful protesters, Ivanka Trump tweeted that they were patriots and then removed it, Donald Trump said he loved them, and then he came out, you know, condemning them like a day or two later, um, what is your take on it, you know, especially as an American, but as a service member? It's kind of, I mean, like, I'm all for, like, protesting and making your voice heard and whether or not you're right or wrong, you know, or whether 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 or not, like, you're ethically justified or what have you. I think it's very, is it the epitome of being American to protest and to voice your opinion and to voice your discontent with the government and their perceived uh, injustices. Uh, so that's my one hand. On the other hand, it's just like, it's just a, um, you know, a, a gross, um, kind of very, uh, what's where I'm looking for. It's like you're, you feel so entitled that you, you know, are feeling justified in storming the Capitol building and expecting that you're not, that you're in the right, um, and then everything's okay, and then expecting that, you know, you're not going to face any repercussions for your actions. I think that's also, like, kind of hilarious, too. Yeah, I I thought it was incredibly disgusting. Um, I mean, how many world wars has the United States been through where, you know, we've had people that wanted to target us? The, The Russians had these buildings targeted at the height of the Cold War as strategic strikes, we had a civil war that didn't see a member of the Confederacy step foot in there. Um, yet, you know, now we've got photos of people carrying Confederate flags inside the, the Capitol building. We've been around as a country for 200 and, you know, almost 50 years. And 
for people to breach the Capitol, to raid the Capitol, it, it's embarrassing and it's shameful. And I think it just, uh, you know, we'll talk about some of these things going forward, but what part does the media have to play? What part does the rhetoric of the president, political pundits, and his aides have to play? Uh, what does this do to our reputation around the world? And then making false equivalencies with other protests in the history of the United States, most notably the Black Lives Matter movement this summer. It's it's not good, and already within 48 to 72 hours after the event taking place, the narrative on each media platform is so different. And now we're getting to these, again, extreme moments that I don't even know how we go forward as a country um, healing because it just seems neither party now is going to bend the knee to the other. Uh, going forward, there's going to be a wall. Yeah, the thing that doesn't really make sense to me is like, you know, during like the George Floyd protest and the Black Lives Matter protest, like the National Guard was mobilized. There were people like stacked out in front of like all of DC. Like DC was like pretty much under like martial law at that point. Yet now it's like when it's, you know, Trump supporters protesting and um, demonstrating. It's like there is a you know like a hundred Capitol police or however many it is sitting at the Capitol that just like are grossly underwhelmed like grossly um, outnumbered by the protesters where it's like fast like rewind like to back to June during the height of it it's just like there were like police National Guard everywhere over all these you know yeah do landmarks. do you think if that protest had been you know you can say that there were black and brown people there but i i think that makes up like 0.00001% of that it was it was a sea of white do you think if that had been a protest of you know a you know just black and brown people that we would have had more individuals shot and killed than just the the one air force female maybe not shot and killed because i don't think that they would have been able to you know, breach the Capitol building if they were black or brown. Not from a race standpoint, but just the fact that if they were black and brown, there'd be a, lot, a much larger response from security and, you know, National Guard to prevent such a thing from happening. So that was, that's one. And then two, um, I don't know about, like, people getting shot and killed at that point, too. I just think that, um, you know, just the fact that they breached the Capitol building, it's like um, you're almost justified in, like... <laughs> You know, like laying waste. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I'm surprised that only one person was killed, to be honest. Yeah. But it blows I mean, my mind yeah. when you watch the the news coverage of this and you have every single like host coming on Fox News, which is why like I have such a big problem with news agencies in general. And we'll, we'll get to this. But everyone that was on Fox News was like, no, there would have been no difference if this had been a Black Lives Matter protest that had evolved into breaching the Capitol building. The police would not have responded uh, any differently, which is just wholly inconsistent and inaccurate with nationwide how those protests were handled this summer with the thousands of arrests, with the National Guard being mobilized. Um, I think for sure if that had been a Black Lives Matter protest going up against the Capitol, one, and in weeks in advance, knowing what they knew back in Black Lives Matter when there was going to be a protest in D.C., the National Guard would have been activated earlier. 
Oh yeah. Uh, there there would have been more of a police presence on these key monuments than there was for a bunch of white Trump supporters. And I think that goes on to like target some of the rhetoric that individuals like Trump were espousing. I mean like it, there were so many crazy things that happened in this last week. You can't even like touch all of them, but for instance, at Trump's own rally from Take Back the Steel or Save this Save the Steel whatever the hell they called it. You had a, I think, a congresswoman from New Jersey quoting Hitler. You had another politician getting up there and saying that you had to fight. They were using language like thief, stolen, you know, Pence being a coward, like very extreme language from senior individuals. So I don't know how they thought it was not going to incite so much anger. It's not like people just randomly decided to join this. This has been weeks in the making. And the language has been increasingly more threatening. So I think that there is like a common denominator that the president played a large role in this. And it goes back to quoting conspiracy theories that your own Republican Party members are disproving, uh, aren't supporting, that have been debunked by the states, by Republicans, 60 court cases. And it's not like these court cases, people will argue, have gone to trial. There is a hearing beforehand where the court gets to see exactly what evidence you're going to present or what your arguments are. And they just go, no, like absolutely not. And like the whole idea that people have of affidavits being sufficient as evidence as if nobody's ever lied on an affidavit, like just go see the woman up in Michigan that they were using as an expert not four weeks ago for the hearings that ended up being a total farce. It's just stuff like that. Just It spins and gets out of control. Um, but what's really sad for me is the fact that if people held the president accountable three and a half, four years ago, I don't think we would have been to this point. All, if all it would have taken is Fox News, and CNN sucks too, but all Fox News would have had to have done is the first couple months of the president just spreading bullshit lies. If they had just held him accountable – then he would have had to tailor himself for the next three years, and we wouldn't have gotten to the point where he felt comfortable lying openly to the American people every single tweet. Yeah, that's another, uh, I thought, kind of hilarious um, aspect of the whole thing of Trump getting banned off Twitter and then, like, uh, people protesting or saying that was, like, unconstitutional, but, you know, it's a private company. Twitter could literally do whatever they want oh. to do. Yeah, and you, you have people that are feigning to be legal experts online. Um, what I find really funny is Republicans don't like big government. All of a sudden, there's platforms, whether you like them or not, that are liberal-leaning or they promote uh, liberal ideologies that are popular. It's like, hey, if this platform doesn't work for you, go create your own. Okay, they did that with Parler. Oh, Parler's no longer on the Apple Store, the Amazon, like, streaming. Uh, you can't get it anywhere. It's essentially being shut down now. It's like, okay, that seems like a market kind of competition thing. Make your own stuff. Or the fact that people were arguing the president's Twitter was shut down. His main way to communicate with America was removed. It's like, no, all the dude has to do is go get on Fox News. I mean, he calls in there whenever he wants. So he can't get out something in 140 characters. Most other sane person doesn't resort to tweeting. Just because he does doesn't mean that that is officially his his source of, uh, of information or disinformation, and Twitter has to carry everything he says. So that's what gets me with, with some of the Republicans or like, oh, you know, the, 
the Democrats attacked him for three and a half years with this Russian collusion witch hunt. They couldn't accept the uh, state of the election. Well, which party just stormed the Capitol building? I don't care if it was 0.001% of the voters for Trump. I didn't see a, a Democrat storming it. And before someone says, oh, what about, you know, Congressman Scalise being shot by some random Bernie bro? Like, that's equally as horrible. But it wasn't because Bernie was getting up there and saying Steve Scalise is a coward and saying and using the type of language that we've all grown accustomed to with President Trump. So that's what we talk about with like false equivalencies. You know, I didn't like, I liked the protests this summer. I did not stand by with the burning of buildings and 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 whole towns and destroying businesses as part of the, the Black Lives Matter, like very fringe rioting that happened at night um, after the, the peaceful daytime uh, coverage. But the two are not similar. Destroying property Boston Tea Party, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, that's American. They stormed the Capitol building. Like, that is not the same. No matter how much you want to equate, like, one protest or one riot to another, you breached the beacon of democracy in the world. People were chanting to hang Mike Pence. Uh, You had a bunch of, like, former Air Force veterans getting in there. One got shot. One's wearing, you know, his kit that he either kept or went to a military surplus store and bought an ACH and is walking around like a doofus. Like, that's the image now. It, it wasn't after, after the civil rights movement, after Black Lives Matter. None of those organizations ever got in the Capitol building. Yet it was this group, this one specific group that thought it was their privilege to, to back the blue and then fight them and get into the Capitol building. Like, it just seems like... The, the pinnacle of, of hypocrisy. We didn't accept the election, but that's fine. But the Democrats did it, but that's different. Like, these people are idiots. Like, and I'm not going to say, well, people are idiots on both sides. We're only going to talk about this one specific incident. Like, the Democrats have a ton of problems. But right now, like, just like Fox News is deflecting, the issue should be discussing how did we get to the point where one political party and one group of individuals thought that they had the power to storm the Capitol building. Like, it, it's, they're not comparable. That should be the focus for the news and not now what we're seeing in coverage. Yeah. Um, I have a, I want to pose like a hypothetical for you. It's just like, um, so where do you draw the line between like um, where people feel that their rights are being infringed upon by the government? You know, you can talk about, like, revolutions in other countries and, like, Venezuela being a good example where the people, you know, after corruption by the federal government, the people of Venezuela rose up and then, you know, had kind of stormed the like, their capital and did all this stuff to overthrow the government. Sure. So where, I, do you, where do you draw that line where, like, you know, I mean, I, I, this is, it's hard to say who's right and wrong while it's happening, but, like, in the history books, what do you think, you know, the history books are going to say about the protests in this past, you know, election cycle? Uh, I think if the facts lined up to support the allegations that Trump was making, those individuals would have been in the right. However, because we have seen all these conspiracy theories get debunked on a regular basis, and I, I hate to say it, but the people that got tricked into believing the conspiracy theories like you're an idiot 
like, oh, no, I did my own research. Like the QAnons, like they baited you. You've got individuals like Matt Gates getting up the day after and saying that Antifa had stormed the Capitol. And the FBI put out a message saying if one dude did, maybe we have no – we didn't confirm that or like facial recognition confirm that. Like where they get their sources – it is completely preposterous. And, and that's where we look at like the Twitter scandal. Should you shut down someone's account? Like if you are constantly spreading disinformation because no one's holding them accountable. I mean, if like we didn't have Section 230 protection, you, can, you can't sue Twitter right now. You could probably go after Matt Gates for some sort of, of legal defamation libel if Antifa was an actual organization. You could go after him for something like that, but they're not. Um, but for where I draw the line is if the moment that you go and you overtake or desire to interrupt a democratic process or a democratic building, that is now revolutionary. That's not like a protest. That is a physical act. I'm seriously surprised that more people didn't end up in body bags. Mm -hmm. I think that should have been, that's a huge lapse in, in service to the Congress people that were gathered there, you know, to, to certify the election I think, and I'm surprised again that that first row or two of people weren't immediately dropped with fire and, you know, sending the message, this isn't a joke. Because if that had happened at the White House, that would have been White House down Gerard Butler just capping dudes. (laughs) Like, without a doubt. I mean, they've got all that protection. You know you don't jump the fence at the White House. You will get shot. So the fact that the Capitol building had like a different different, uh, security posture blows my mind if we're talking about equal branches of government and and the 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 desecration of all those places and you know going after um different uh congress people's rooms and stealing stuff like it it's shameful it's embarrassing but again there was no there's no accountability so you can blame the president you can blame these individuals all you want but the news networks are, are just they're they're covering it completely differently and and what's awful is the day after it happened Fox News seemed to be on board with, listen, we're no longer going to play mouthpiece for the puppet of the you know presidency to, oh, now we're going to cover how CNN covered it because you have morons on CNN like Anderson Cooper, uh, not Tucker Carlson, who's the equivalent, Don Lemon, um, Cuomo. They're getting up there making, you know, these Olive Garden comments, you know, belittling the, the protesters. Um wrapping up the majority of the protesters with the insurrectionists and the uh, domestic terrorists of, of those that breached the Capitol in the same way that Fox News equated every single Black Lives Matter protest to the rioters that burned down, you know, part of 14th Street here in New York City or went and looted all across the country in, in major cities um, after protests had ended. Like each news network is doing the exact same thing. But again, Fox News picks up on these pundits. They're not journalists any longer. And so that's what the conversation is. Hey, I'm Tucker Carlson. I'm going to ask rhetorical questions. Are they attacking you? We've already come out and said this is bad, but now they label you. It's like we're just, they're just pinning each other back and forth because Fox News doesn't want to admit that they spent the last four years propping up like a demagogue. And CNN doesn't want to actually hire real journalists who are going to report the news and instead are going to give, you know, Chris Cuomo, uh, a mouthpiece to just act like an absolute idiot. I mean, the dude has a law degree and he gets up there and just says utter nonsense. I mean, he's like, 
DC Drano, that, that's another clown on the right, like, that's just looking for clickbait. So if you follow him, fuck you. Like, the, everyone's news source is just so skewed right now. They're, everyone, everyone's an idiot. How about that? Yeah, it's like what the vocal minority ends up being the, you know, it's like the vocal minority versus silent majority where um, it becomes more beneficial to be more radical because it gives, drives traffic and clicks for yeah. whatever, you, whatever you want. It absolutely does. And it doesn't help when, like, in moments like this, you know, you bring up, we bring up the impeachment. Should Trump be impeached for this? Well, if this had happened like a year ago, people probably would have been more inclined to say, yeah, oh, no, but he's only got 10 days left in office. Well, how are you going to hold him accountable for this kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. for this language that he used? Because everyone came to D.C. thinking something was going to happen. You've got guys in Senate uh, and in the Congress that said the exact same stuff Trump was saying. Well, how do you hold them accountable? Like Section 5, Article 1, you can expel congressman um you know for for violating whatever you know the congress thinks that you violated or something egregious you know like there's a standard for that in the hold hearings but you know you've got people like nancy pelosi threatening uh that we should impeach him if he doesn't resign or threatening if the 25th isn't you know called in um that they're going to draft up articles of impeachment i think they're probably going to be delivered tomorrow like if, if Joe Biden has come out as the president-elect and the, the president on the 20th, and he's like, hey, I think this is a dumb idea, take a hint, Nancy. Like, this is why we talk about term limits. Why is it also, we talk about all these senators and congressmen, the craziest are over 70 years old. Like, again, you should not be serving the people. You are too old, senile, and you think because of your age, you are wise. Like, you are these old, old people... The real boomers are the ones that are causing the greatest difficulty in our country going forward. Yeah, no, I I, I would definitely agree with those sentiments. You know, it's it's uh, it's just I just wonder, you know, with the future, like how the inauguration is gonna play out in the next like three to four months is gonna play out because I can only imagine that people are going to, you know, consider you know do the whole hashtag not my president thing that happened four years ago same it, ha- same it happens every couple years and then yeah. lindsey graham uh got heckled at the airport two nights ago um before appearing on Shan- sean hannity or maybe a night ago um and you know trump supporters are just going in on him and the guy looked like he was gonna cry on air he looked utterly wrecked by the events of the day you know but it it, it goes back to like you enabled this because we have leaders in Congress that are weak, they, they're cowards, and they don't stand up to transgressions by the president or by other members of the House, and they maybe tweet or Instagram about it. Like, Because we have such spineless people serving us, it, it blows my mind that we've maybe not had this uh, a revolutionary type event earlier. Um, but hopefully the country comes together uh, in the center by getting rid of all these people. Like, We need term limits. We have all these problems up there because these people want to stay in Congress so long that they just jump on, you know, that show pony that's going to pull that cart for the years to come. People thought before this incident, Trump would not leave the Republican Party, would rerun in 2024. You know, uh, Laura Trump, I think, wants to run for Senate in North Carolina. They're all moving to Florida so they can set their base up there. And then after the events, it's like all of a sudden, crap, I've got to jump ship. Like, 
Betsy DuVos, um, Mitch McConnell's uh, wife, uh, was it Ellen Chan or whatever, the Secretary of Transportation. Shame on all these people for jumping ship on Trump, like, with less than two weeks to go before the transition. Like, that takes zero courage either to jump out then or then after you leave, start discrediting how, you know, Trump acted while in office. That takes zero courage. And, and on a final note on courage, President Trump said he was going to lead this walk to the Capitol. I think everyone could have seen it coming that he was not going to take more than five steps without the aid of a golf cart. <laughs> Th- that dude is too fat to have walked the mile plus to the Capitol building, would not have been able to keep up with any of his supporters who are probably in all better shape than him because they actually go and hunt and they probably actually do PT. Um, uh, the fact that he was not at you know front and center of that mob just shows me that he's just he he's using these people. He gets up there, he watches them on TV, like he does not care uh, about the people. He just wanted to stir the base so that he could continue like merchandising himself for years to come. I mean, we look at the at raising money for Kelly Leffler and David Perdue in Georgia. If you donated to them, like you should read the fine print because it was something like only 6% of all the money that was raised for them went to them. Instead, the majority went to Trump and his, his potential legal troubles coming up in the future. Like that should be investigated. That's the kind of stuff that people don't look at and instead are just focused on the message. If he did it, he didn't say that. Well, if he did, he didn't mean it. Well, if he did, you misunderstood it. And well, whatever, even if he did mean it, uh, others have said worse. Like that's the kind of rationalization that we're out. Like at some point we have to be like, I don't care what who said in the past. We start here. We start fresh. He's an idiot. He's an asshole. He needs to be gone. This language is not tolerated. I don't care who said it three months earlier. We're done. Like end of conversation. But that's not where we're at. It's just like tit for tat shit. It, it's utterly immature. Yeah, I just kind of hope that like there's like a reset button or just like a way they can just like you know wipe the slate clean and just try and like put all this you know last four years behind us and kind of move forward with like a you know like recognizing um, you know the issues that this country has faced and then like trying to get over and work against it like you know working against uh, like uniting against like things like the COVID like getting the country back on track and the economy back on track getting like people back businesses open again people working again because um, like there are still so many other challenges that our country has to deal with that have been you know drowned out pretty much by the the excitement of the you know the the election and um, the you know Trump like uh contesting the election results like that has taken up so much of the media's attention and kind of the psyche of the country that you know a lot of other things are still not going on like covid is still going on uh, people are still dying the, the vaccines are getting out but not a lot are getting out people are still like you know denying the vaccine and denying taking the vaccine yeah. and things like there are so many other things that we could be devoting or you know psychic energy and our you know resources towards but instead where all of the media is focusing on the election and now the yeah. protests in dc and it's like some other things could be better addressed you know it's it, it, like it it's mind-numbing to think we have 10 days i thought you know the worst thing that we were going to have to talk about this week was the fact that the senate's 50 50 um and so like i was scared of that because i i don't want the democrats to have an opportunity to pack the courts 
Uh, you could make the argument we should have 13 Supreme Court justices. I think it's completely fine with where it's at at nine. If anything, we've seen that Trump appointed uh, judges and justices don't do his bidding. Like it's been repeatedly shown that when it came time to defend him or prop up whatever claim he was making, there's been plenty of examples where they say, no, thanks. Next, you know, let's review the next case. Yeah. And um, actually doing their job as an impartial, right. you know, yeah. And, you know, what I'm Which worried I, about is like getting rid of the filibuster. Um, you know, you still need two thirds of a vote. You still need, you know, 60 plus, uh, for, for most major legislation. Um, the vaccine rollout has been, uh, I would say, an utter disaster in most like democratic states. Not New York is failing miserably at getting it out. New York City and Cuomo now don't see eye to eye. That's like another dude I can't stand between him and de Blasio. Um, but you look at states like West Virginia and Florida, they're getting their vaccines out to like essentially like a first come first serve basis, like just get the vaccine out. You know, but we've got states that are trying to make too many decisions from a central government's perspective at who can get it, when they can get it. And that's why you look at New York and you've got, you know, glo- I think in, in, across the United States, we've got like 21 million vaccines distributed and something like six to 10 percent have been administered like that. That's tragic. How has that come to, to pass where we waited for months to get this vaccine approved and now we don't even get people to take it. That it blows my mind. I got my second shot a couple of days ago. Feel great. Did your tentacles uh, recede, or is that still a thing? Everything kind of went back to normal. Didn't get stronger. That's Although, too bad. Like, so, okay, so take I the first felt shot for the powers. second one than the first one. A lot of people say that they felt like fever and chills after the second one. Um, I had literally nothing after the second one. Felt great. Mm-hmm. Actually, hurt less my arm than the first one did. I'm on the back of the. Uh, the line for this this yeah. shot i'm 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 not going to get it until it's like available at cvs yeah because you know, young healthy not exposing yourself yeah. yeah i do you think we're ever going to have the conversation as a country that a lot of these comorbidities are weight related i don't think so i mean you'd like to but like um for better or for worse people you know I think this country kind of uh, attitude towards health and wellness is um, probably pretty backward. And I think we've shifted too much to the like um, body positivity and, you know, political correctness. That's, that's becoming very difficult to call things as they are, so to speak, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the army is spending, what what did that article say? A billion dollars a year because we're so fat. Yeah, I see, like, I do see in the hospital sometimes where I'm just, like, you know, see this, like, dude come into the clinic. I'm, like, how are you still in active duty? Like, please tell me how you're still active duty and, like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It, I don't know. And then uh, I think in the last defense authorization uh, bill, they're pausing the ACFT. Uh mm-hmm. I think that's what it said. If I, I know that a couple of uh, people in Congress have been complaining because their constituents are complaining about it not being fair to females. It's not as gender neutral as it was advertised. And we're, lo- neutral, we're losing a lot of retention um, because women are mostly impacted because there's like a 6% failure rate for men, but like a 50% for women. 
Yeah, but I mean, like, that's the whole point of rolling it out and not having count for two years. Like, if you have two years to train for a test and you can't, still can't pass the test, like, tell me if that's, like, a failure of, you know, your ability to, I don't know, to, to, to like, fit, do PT over two years. Like, if you had two years to fucking pass a two-mile test, like, a two-mile, like, and you oh, still yeah. can't pass a two-mile, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, I it blows my mind, too, uh, that... You know, for what is it? The leg. I think the leg tuck is is what it's women one. are having. Yeah, are the, the most difficult time with like that. I, I don't know. I, I. You see women in like CrossFit all the time doing muscle ups and all oh, these yeah. advanced gymnastics. So I don't think it's too strenuous of a test if you can't get your knees to your elbows one time. No, but I, not. I just hate that we have individuals in Congress that are pushing back on this, that have zero experience in the military. They're hearing these complaints from their constituents that are probably that awful soldier in each one of your formations um, that is just constantly failing the PT uh, standards and then blaming on everything else. And then they're the ones that are the most vocal. It's again, it's the vocal, uh, the vocal majority that make up the minority. Um, vocal majority make up. Yeah. And vocal yes. minority that make up the majority. I think I got backwards. No, no, no. Vocal majority that. That make up the minority. So these are like the minority uh, population oh, that you have that are too vocal. That are too vocal. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, they're the ones that are getting their voices heard. And so as a result, we have Congress people that they themselves have never served saying, oh, that must be the case. Like, we have to have, like, why do you have to run five miles for ranger school? That doesn't make any sense. Like, uh, you should be able to go to ranger school and have to do no fitness. Or why do you have to ruck? We are on fobs now and we take Matt V's everywhere. Like, why do you have to do dismounted patrols? Or, you know, why do you have to do a leader's recon when we have drones that go ahead and see the objective for you? Like, you know, they just keep making these excuses and they keep just stripping standards. And it's dangerous. Again, it goes back to we need people in Congress that it's certain. And generally, that's why I think the president should have served or, you know, been in a position... Uh, to serve and for some reason could not, not because they were draft dodgers like, you know, our current and the the next president. Yeah, I think it's like, uh, it just gives you a different perspective on things. And it's just like, I don't know, it just blows my mind with a lot of like physical fitness. It's like, it is really not that hard to be in like, to pass the physical, like the ACFT. Like I guarantee, like, it's not that hard to pass. Like the max, yeah, I'll give it to you. That's pretty fucking hard to max. Like I, yeah. I could barely. I was pretty close to maxing, but I didn't max it. But it's like, I think it's like only like you know maybe like one percent of people are gonna max it. Like it is by that number significantly harder than the APFT. But I also think it's very it's easier to pass than. But then it, that's not what you're saying much compared to the APFT. Like the APFT is like stupid easy to pass too. Like you don't even have to train to, to pass APFT. Oh my god, the, I think. Uh, for one age group for women, like a sub 20 minute, two miles passing. Yeah. Like that. How? Yeah. But but the point is just like, yeah, I get it that you're willing that, you know, you might reduce some readiness or, or numbers by cutting out some of the force, but it's just like, do you want to really retain people that aren't capable of doing one leg tug? And it's just like, I don't, you know, I would argue that's probably not the person that you want to keep anyways. Well, no, and it's because so many people are disconnected from service that everyone just attributes service to, you know, people that look like, uh, you know, Medal of Honor winners 
Uh, and, 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 you know, because they've of late been from special forces, rangers, or SEALs. So everyone just thinks that those that serve are generally all super fit and that um, because they volunteered that that somehow makes them like these heroes already. And so we can't judge heroes like that. Again, it's putting people up on a pedestal that they don't belong on. You know, sure, they're patriots, but you have patriots out there that are doing a whole bunch of other services. Um you know, we're not at this like World War Three level, you know, and people have different reasons for joining, but you have to be able to be critical of a military. Like they don't get a free pass for no, anything. 100%. Yeah. And it just um, becomes like another whole theme because like once you allow somebody in the military, it becomes so much harder to get them out. And then like you just end up with all this, you know, a bloated system with ultimately less ready, like less qualified like people to deploy at the end of the day. Yeah, well, it's like the the TikToks. It's like you see all these military TikToks of these fat bodies. You're just like, oh my god! Like, you grew up playing video games, didn't you? Like, what? What? What motivated you to join the army? Call of Duty Nuketown. That's where <laughs> I honed my skills. <laughs> oh, oh god! <laughs> I saw a funny meme today. It was uh, something like. We're no longer going to fight in the future. It's going to be uh, the Army esports team against ISIS's esports team. Like nope. that, that that's going to be the future of conflict. Like some, we're just going to be sitting somewhere and they're going to simulate it on you know uh, an agreed upon map. That'd be nice. I don't know. Yeah, that would be nice. Not having to. That, uh, there was a movie like that with uh, Bruce Willis. Uh, where, oh, like soldiers that were sent into combat looked like people but then they got blown up and they realized that they were machines and then like as soon as the guy died a dude would get out of his pod and go to another soldier pod he would get activated at the back of the line and then it would show another scene where he's back in the battle with like a new body uh running towards gunfire um oh man what is that movie like everyone would wear just like a fake like a fake skin essentially and be, you know, in a pod in their own home living out their days through like, you know, some perfect robot version of what they wanted themselves to look like. That's like that movie with Gerard Butler where there's actual human beings that are controlled. That are like so- oh yeah. 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 That was gamer. Um, yeah. Gamer. Yeah, but yeah. this one is, you're not controlling real people. You're controlling like robots that, you know, and like yeah. Vin Rains or something was the guy that played like, a majority of the people that controlled the narrative of the movie, you found out later that he had the skins for all of them, like in his lair. I think I'm getting part of that uh, twisted, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what movie that is. Fuck. What movie is that? Sent sentient sent, sent something like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Another shitty movie. If you can't remember the, the details, right? Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I, I just think the AC, I love the ACFT and I like wholeheartedly support the ACFT after taking it once. It is a good test. Um, it is yeah, a challenging um, test, and I, I actually enjoyed doing it because it's like kind of fun too. I think it's like, you know, we talk about the standards to pass it being very, very low, but at least they're doing something different than what my parents were doing, you know, back in the '80s and '90s, where it was just run push-up sit-ups. I mean, it used to be you took the PT test in boots and and pants, like that was the the prescribed uniform, which I don't understand why we don't anyway. Like we should be doing boot and kit runs cause that's what you're fighting. in. so, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to train like something, um, yeah, I, I think fitness is really important in the military. I just hope that we're 
as a military moving in a better direction than the civilian population. Yeah. I was like the Marines probably do it right or pretty well or pretty close to being right uh, with their PT tests and their, and then they take in, in their boots and camis and they do, it's like the, it's like the ACFD kind of thing where it's like the combat test where they do like ammo cans and carries yeah. and like all this other stuff. And then you run three miles, push up, sit ups and pull ups and all this other stuff. That's probably why the Marines have the, like the least amount of overweight soldiers compared to the rest of the sort the force and the services. Yeah, I was talking to a guy that was in the Marines, and he was saying that like, they have a standard that if you look fat in your uniform, like you can correct somebody. Yeah, like, and that's a great standard. Yeah, my buddy, one of the other residents, is a was a Marine officer, Marine infantry officer, and like it's just a complete different, you know, like different culture where still very proud to wear their uniform like and marines like their uniforms look pretty good like you know they roll the, sh- the sleeves and like yeah looks pretty good i'm not gonna lie well you know that's a that's another thing the marines are very much like the beach fit type looking people because i think their uniform promotes that mm-hmm. like guys want to roll their sleeves up so they can show off their biceps and their forearms I don't think you can be super, super fat and have lean, jacked-looking arms. No, like I you, agree. You can be tubby and have, like, some big arms, but people are going to look at that and go, no, that's fat. But when you're, like, so kind of self-absorbed and, and vain that, you know, you want people to see the striation in your forearms leading up to the different parts of your upper arm, like, that would be beneficial for the Army. But we just need a uniform that is good enough to look at when you roll the sleeves and doesn't have, like, a 12-inch Velcro patch you know, uh, with a first calf logo that ends up going past your forearm. Do the uh, when I, whenever I see people that roll up their sleeves in the army, I just laugh because like, well, they're never they're never like, like they're combat arms. arms. Yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, they're all like you know like uh like you know like spaghetti arms because like in order to roll up the sleeves on the OCPs, you have to have thin arms. Like, it's impossible to roll up your thick arms. (laughs) Or they want to show off, like, their uh, We the People tattoo. Like, was it Pig Hagseth on on Fox News who always, like, salutes, you know, the camera and everything. It's like, you're a National Guard infantry officer. Like, get out of here. Like, his book has a picture of, like, We the People. I feel like that's like, oh, did you just get your blue cord on uh, at, at Fort Benning? Yeah, oh, you got to get something that says like we the people are like mm. live free or die like that's just like you could literally go down victory drive and it's probably like a stamp somewhere you just put your arm in and just get it knocked out for every like basic dude don't get that tattoo if you if you're about to graduate please yeah or or any three percenter tattoos oh yeah don't get a three percenter tattoo don't get like a don't tread on me don't get like a come and take it around your neckline uh, what are some other bad tattoos that you see a lot? Punisher tattoos. Oh yeah, Punisher. Oh, that's another good one. Uh, Dog tags. Bad. I I hate the like American Eagle ripping your skin thing, like with the talons, and then like the American flag underneath flag the underneath. Yeah, the like yeah, yeah. F- you know folds of skin. That's always a weird kind of one. Um, I think the most baller tattoos that I've seen are. Like on non-white dudes. So like when you see a dude that has like a really cool like Samoan piece that goes, Mm -hmm. it's like the rock. It's like his entire upper body, chest, back. I hate seeing white dudes with like Polynesian tattoos. Um, It just screams cultural appropriation. Like (laughs) 
I don't know. Like, I'm a fan <laughs> of The Rock. I'm not going to get his tattoo, though. Um, yeah, there's no way. You know, and, uh, like, I love your, your ink that you've got. But if, like, a white dude can't pull off, like, you know, an Oriental-themed tattoo or a samurai thing, like, that that looks fucking weird on a white dude. Like, mm-hmm. like don't don't go and don't go and do that kind of stuff. Like there's so many cool tattoos you can do out there. You don't have to cultural appropriate like somebody else's heritage in order to get a tattoo. Just like you don't need to dress up like that for Halloween. Cause there are a million people you could be. What are some other bad, what are some good tattoos you've seen? Uh, I don't know. Mostly pretty good. It's just like, I think tattoos, the better, a good tattoo is just one that you actually pay good money for. Like, you pay for what you get. Yeah. And the shitty tattoos that I always see are, like, they just look shitty because they're shittily done. Not because it's, like, sh- a bad, more so it's not so like it's because it's a bad idea or whatnot. It's just because it's bad, like, poorly executed. Yeah. It's, like, peeling. It's faded. The lines aren't crisp. It's, like, the lines aren't even straight. It just looks like some, like, you know, teenager mark, like, sharpied over it and then tried to, like, staple it in together, you know? I hate like the like gothic print spelling a name. Like I think that always looks really bad. Um, cool tattoos. Like I love your tattoos. Uh, we talked about like the Polynesian type tattoos. I think those are really dope because they usually tell like some sort of a story. I like some uh, like Viking esque tattoos. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've I'm got a car. Like Japanese style tattoos, like Asian style yeah. tattoos, and part of that. I really like the um, uh, navy, like traditional navy tattoos. Oh I yeah, like a super sailor cool. Jerry type. Yeah, yeah, those are really cool tattoo ideas. Um, Just like the think... history of like navy tattoos, because they all like meant something, you know. Yeah, it's like in swallows, like when you're, I forget, like what they all, like you get like a, you get like a, a turtle or something once you cross the like globe on the ocean or something you get like there's certain things that you do um or you get when you like do a certain thing in the navy and it's kind of cool i like uh some unit insignias um like obviously we do <laughs> um <laughs> uh but like not the i've got the big red one tattooed on me but you know whatever regiment that you're you were affiliated with like one of those cool kind of looks like it could be on a shield uh type things oh i i can't stand people getting their names tattooed on them that is a that i do not get like do you fucking yeah. forget your name the family crest what do you think how about like family crest because that's kind of Fam- similar to names family crest sure but like don't just get like johnson like across your entire back as if it's like an nfl jersey or mm-hmm. like any i just don't get it it Unless you have like a really cool name, it doesn't it doesn't compute like getting your name tattooed on you. I I generally avoid like getting words tattooed on me. I have uh from when I was in college I get live free or die, uh like an idiot. The or looks like a six. Um so like I say this with, you know, having some very questionable tattoos of my own. I don't know. I like my, my script ones. What script ones do you have? I have uh, Dylan Thomas, Do Not Go Gentle in That Good Night at My Ribs. Okay. That's not – that's a really that, – well, that, that Ranger Regiment video has that in the background. That's really cool. Yeah. I also have like a D.H. Lawrence, I Never Saw a Wild Thing, Sorry for Itself, My Chest. 
Oh, after the Demi Moore movie, of course. The Navy SEALs. Oh, you're a Navy SEAL wannabe now, aren't you? It's a, it's a good quote, or it's a good poem uh, from D.H. Lawrence, but then uh, maybe it got bastardized a little bit by Viggo by Morrison. Although, that was pretty badass when Viggo Morrison does that, that the quote. Yeah. Yo, he's a hard, it is like he's, a pretty badass scene. He's a cool dude. Um, I've got, there's no reason to be alive if you can't do deadlift on my shin. Yeah. In, uh, in Rune. Yeah, in, in Rune. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I got that. I jacked that from... Uh, John Paul Simonson. Yeah, but uh, what's his name? Um, oh, uh, the Mountain uh, Thor Bjornsson. Oh, oh, oh yeah, the Mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's got that tattooed on his uh, shin. You know, but we we pull around the same amount of weight anyway, so you know, yeah, good company as strongmen. Pounds and you and pounds and him and kilos. Yeah, it looks really good. Uh, the thinner my legs get, with me, you know, increasing my endurance here. Um, pretty soon that that tattoo will not just be on my shin; it will wrap around my calf too. Yeah, I wish I could get a. I almost wish I could get hand tats. I think I think hand and knuckle tats look pretty sweet. Yeah, I would say that too. There's some really cool ones that I've seen out there. Uh, I'd love to get something on my back. Um, yeah, I'm but, not a huge fan of like back pieces because like I, want, I personally <coughs> I, I like want to be able to see the tattoo, you know. So I feel like back pieces kind of defeat the purpose. Like, but, but I don't know. I get it. A quad. Uh, I wouldn't mind a quad tattoo, piece. like a traditional. I want to get a. I, I've I'm longing to get uh, Teddy Roosevelt with like a a bear coonskin cap uh, on his head, um, like with like a caricature of Teddy because he's my favorite president. But yeah, also like I'm not a big fan of like leg tattoos. I really need to finish my sleeve. That's what I really need to finish. Well, you're up there, man. Finish. I mean, you used to fly out to get that work done, and you're you're there now. Yeah, it's just like a combination of. Um, other like just having a flexible cash does blow on the tattoo and then having the time to do it too also, that, like that's where i'm at i don't know how that works too that's where i'm at now with the tattoo thing it's like new york city is so like stupidly expensive um mm-hmm. if i had a ton of money i'd go down to anonymous tattoo um down in savannah like they were i mean phenomenal i i've i've spent a ton of money there i love it i think they're the butcher was another one down in savannah that everyone liked but anonymous uh in clay uh was my tattoo guy there and I've, i got a couple friends that got sleeves from them um that's by far the best tattoo experience that uh, i've ever had yeah shout out miko mueller and uh destiny city tattoos in tacoma and up in the fort lewis area that's my guy that i go to it's actually nice a lot of people in the hospital ask me like it's like a conversation started in the hospital a lot of time with my tattoos. So I think it's nice uh, when people like, you know, can see that. Although some people are still, it's, it's, it's very cultural. I've noticed with tattoos, like on the West coast, there's a lot more culturally accepted to have tattoos on the East coast, like in Mexico and Jersey. I remember like when I would be like walk around the hospital, there would be like doctors that would like do a double take. Like when they would see me in tattoos, but like, so it's not quite as socially accepted, I feel like, on the East Coast versus the West Coast, or the West Coast is just way more socially acceptable. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think most people on the East Coast, if you have, like, arm tattoos, they think that you're a barista somewhere. Yeah. Because uh, you're hip. Like, you're a hipster. I, yeah, I just remember, like, growing up, my parents going, like, if you have ta- you, you only criminals get tattoos. <laughs> yeah, my, my parents were, as soon as they found out I had a tattoo, uh, the next day sent me a list of people around the... Uh, the Bethlehem, Pennsylvania area where you could get them removed. And I was like, mm-hmm. nope. Different nope. cultures. Not, not happening. 
Uh, I mean, but that was before, like, even the Blue Book. Um, I don't think officers could have, like, sleeves. And then they, like, uh, amended the the standards because as soon as, like a, like, a new one got drafted, I went and got my sleeve booked and got the outline done before uh, my last deployment. Yeah, I don't really remember the Blue Book saying that, but I also... That was before I had, like, forearm tattoos either, so... Yeah. Um, I guess we'll we'll start wrapping it with that. Yeah, I would say my final word for today would be, uh, you know, we uh, try to promote, like, conversation um, and being, like, pretty educated. So uh, I think most people have some flexible cash that you can spend here and there. Uh, I would stop watching Fox News. I would stop watching CNN. Um, I would watch a local news channel if you want your news, but then invest like the 10 bucks a month um, in one liberal-leaning publication and one conservative publication. Um, so you like New York, New York Post Times, a, Wall Street Journal. Yeah, Times, Journal, uh, Washington Post. Uh, read something there. Stay away from... Like the pundits that are, you know, online, uh, Prager U, stay away from um, Brian Cohen on uh, YouTube. I went to undergrad with him. You know, he makes some entertaining videos, but like l- form your own opinion. If, if you find that someone is telling you how you should perceive the information or how you should um, understand what's going on, like they don't respect you to begin with and they're trying to make you think like they do that the news that you read or digest should essentially say like uh ravens 30 uh titans 20 like okay and then figure it out after that like you yourself figure it out um you know an example would be claims of fraud for this election Publicly in court, no fraud claim brought because they didn't have any kind of standard or merit to bring the claim. If they are now saying it again in public that, oh, the fraud claim is there, but it wasn't brought in court, like, do your own do your own research. Just don't take what these people that have an agenda at face value because, you know, we're seeing the fringe elements in every single news and online platform just – Find somewhere in the middle and then talk with – if you've got a buddy that's super liberal or super conservative, whatever the opposite of you is, like have a conversation with them. It, it's utterly insane that someone stormed the Capitol, that we had a Confederate flag in the Capitol building, that a Capitol police officer was killed by some barbarian. Like that that's not who we are. The immigrants that come to this country see us as a beacon and like relight that torch so that they understand exactly what America is and what we aren't and, and we aren't a bunch of belligerents. Yeah, it's a good point about um, you know finding information and uh, you know consuming information, deciphering for yourself. Because uh, you know, I think it becomes it's just maybe a um, reflection of today's society where everybody just wants to be told what to think, what to do, or be spoon-fed information and spoon-fed things. Um, so you know, it it is behooves you to form your own opinions and to you know cultivate your own thoughts about things because then you know if you're able to truly understand the situation in both sides then you know then that w- then that will make you an educated and you know per- someone that's able to to talk about both sides but 
if you're only able to see things from one side and not acknowledge the other side's thoughts or arguments, then you know you're just doing yourself a disservice by blinding yourself uh, to possible other alternate points of thought. Yeah, and you're never a victim. Like at no point is any American in this country a victim. Like you have more than ample opportunities to shift the dynamic in whatever favor you want to pursue whatever avenue of life you want. We live in a, the land of opportunity. You can run for any office you want. It does not have to be in the Congress. It can be changing at the state level. If anything, this election showed us that there's a huge gap in how laws are passed in many of the states, like most of which I did not agree with when you see mail-in voting now taking front and center. like That should have been hashed out years ago, not a week before the elections were cast. Like. People need to be challenged. We need new, fresh faces in each one of our states and, and federal uh, legislatures. Go be that change that you want to see. Um, but, you know, do it with an open mind and understanding there has to be some moderation and there needs to be um, some give and take. You, you can't have everything you've ever wanted. You, you have to understand that there has to be a, a, a give and a, and a receive to, to how we run politics and the democracy. Yeah, you know, so like that's a good point that you make about um, how local makes such a huge difference. Because you look at like uh, kind of how the COVID pandemic has gone through. Like, you know, uh, it's not the federal government or even like Congress telling you know your state to close down. It is your state governor, your mayor telling you know what businesses can open and close, and you know who can work and who can't work. So think about that. Uh, the next time you go to vote or when you um, are electing your next local or state government because these are ultimately the people that are going to decide, you know, they have the most impact on your life because at the end of the day, you know, Congress isn't going to be doing stuff that really has huge drastic impacts on your everyday day-to-day life, but the people that you vote for in your state and local elections are going to have a drastic impact on how things are run for you. If you can't name your local representatives or even the people that represent your district in Congress, like that should be a, a telltale sign that like that's where you start the politi- your political process. And then from there, like you'll find out what they're about and then you make those small changes, you know, in your local community. That's what we're saying. Local communities do a lo- go a long way to, to grow this country. And with that, uh, we'll end it with that. Uh, hopefully next time we get, we talk, we chat, we'll be less, uh, Maybe more positive and chat some. Uh, oh yeah, I'm pretty emotion tired. Yeah, from all I'm, stuff. I'm I'm done with the election. I don't want to talk about it again. Like I think we had a pretty good conversation of why, like the media sucks today. Um, why individuals need to be held accountable, but it's draining, man. Like it, this is not these aren't fun conversations because at the end of the day, people feel like there's a winning side and a losing side. And people people feel attacked if you're not on their side or you question their, you know, the the validity of their concerns. So, you know, it's it's sad. Next next week we'll talk more about fun movies that we've seen. Um, and again, stressing that uh, buy ten thousand, do not buy Lululemon. Ten thousand all the way. Crown's for fifteen for fifteen percent off. And we'll end with that. Catch you guys next time. Peace. Later.